Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash. So on Monday, the Cold War got very hot as Arnie and Belushi bickered around Chicago in red heat. And today, LA is the buddy backdrop for Stallone and Russell as we find out if it's possible to write an entire script using only one-liners. From 1989, the final movie of the entire 80s delivers exactly what you'd expect from that decade of excess as we talk Tango and Cash. Meet Ray Tango. He likes money. He's a Kong. He's a go. But doesn't bother with cash. Meet Gabe Cash. He won't dance around trouble and doesn't mind stepping on toes. I hate you karate guys. Two of L.A.'s top rival cops are having a tough time staying in rhythm. You know me, huh? Yeah, I hear you're the second best cop in L.A. That's funny. I hear the same thing about you. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Potters. You're being hunted by some sadistic mystery man and you're worried about my dancing. I'm Alex Zane. (laughs) I'm Chris Dilley. (laughs) And back for the second show this week, broadcaster, host of Absolute Radio Breakfast Show, host of the Dad Pod podcast and picker of today's movie, Mr. Dave Berry. Thank you for coming back. It's lovely to be here once again. Thank you for having me. Uh, So Ready on Monday uh, was my choice in this pairing, but today it's all about your pick, Tango and Cash. I remember I said, come on, the show, Dave. Is there a movie you might think you wanted to do and without missing a beat? Yeah. Tango and Cash. That's right. Well, I mean, originally I was chucking around doing um, prison escape movies. That was kind of what we started to talk about. And Tango and Cash, as you say, was the first words out of my mouth. And we kind of stuck with that. Mm. And then we ummed and ahed as to what the other movie should be. And that was when uh, you changed my life forever by recommending (laughs) Red Heat. Um, (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Um, Yeah. So Tango and Cash, a film that I, I hadn't seen since kind of 
well, maybe 20 years ago, I probably, I saw it as a kid. I had one revisit a long time ago. I, I haven't seen it since. I think it's kind of been uh, held aloft as one of my favourite kind of buddy-buddy cop movies, you know, in my mind's eye. Yeah. So it was uh, nice to revisit it for the podcast. Good. I'm glad you picked it. I really am. And I got very excited when the words came out of your mouth. I was like, fuck yes, Tango and Cash. Let's do this. Uh, before we get into Sorry, it... It's- Tango, cash, cash, and tango. Just <laughs> like, like Jack Palance. <laughs> if it's not one, it's the other. <laughs> Why have you got those rats, you creepy old man? Tango, cash, cash, tango. <laughs> uh, very quickly, uh, let me just say, if you haven't subscribed to us, uh, we would love it if you'd be kind enough to do so on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. It would be massively appreciated if you could leave us a rating and a review as well. That would be cool. And if you do leave us a review, Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, might read it out on the show, which sounds a bit like this. Well, you know, I review the reviews. I'm going to say before I read it out, this review is close to being great, but doesn't quite stick the landing. You'll see what I mean. (laughs) This is from G-Star, who gives it five stars and says, Podcast Dynamite. Goofy grin from start to finish. The best podcast. Thank you for brightening my week. Insanely captivating. (laughs) Laughing from here till eternity, you'll be crompting back for more. <laughs> that's not that's not on G star, that's on Vicky. <laughs> she needs a more pun friendly name. Exactly. So t- two out of three ain't bad, but thank you, G star. <laughs> this episode was very good indeed. <laughs> Very good. Don't worry about it, G-Star. It's a one-in, one-out policy. Right, then, on Monday, uh, we hung out in a bathhouse with Vicky, and today we're taking a prison shower with Chris. Chris, take us on a journey. The mismatched cop genre is a Hollywood staple, with the likes of 48 Hours, Lethal Weapon, and more recently, The Nice Guys, pairing a gruff older detective with a brash, fast-talking maverick. Tango and Cash decided to buck this trend by pairing a brash, fast-talking maverick with a brash, fast-talking maverick, (laughs) making them less mismatched cops and more matched. Mm -hmm. They're given lines that sound like jokes but aren't actually jokes and square off with a villain who spends the movie sniffing rodents (laughs) and never sharing the screen with our heroes. Seriously, I watched it twice to check. They never share the screen. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the campest action movie of the 1980s, Tango and cash grab. (laughs) Very good. good. Yes, so um, the history of this film. Uh, Alex, when did you first see it? Uh, Like Dave was saying, I I watched it once as a kid. Um, I don't remember much about it. I wrote down the two scenes, which I'll mention as we go through it, that I did remember from watching it the first time. But I remember liking it as a kid. I remember going, that was fun but not remembering it. Mine's mine's the same as Alex in that I saw it when I was a kid once. And all I can really remember is the fact that Sylvester Stallone calls Rambo a pussy in the film. (laughs) And that kind of blew my mind when I was 12 years old. It was the first time I think I'd seen something meta in a film that wasn't a spoof. And so that kind of stuck with me. It's just, and, and looking back on it now, it's a really weird thing for him to yeah. do, like his second most beloved character to sort of take the but piss. I wondered about that because Rambo 3 had flopped at this point, hadn't it? So I wonder whether he was distancing himself from that or at least sort of going, I'm aware that Rambo 3 was shit. He absolutely was because I watched a bunch of, they were, him and Kurt Russell did a bunch of very strange interviews um, together around this time. I saw them on Arsenio Hall, on Wogan, on, on Entertainment 
tonight. And he, a couple of times, he wants to distance himself from Rambo's politics is his issue. Right. I think that was criticising Rambo 3. And he said, look, I didn't write Rambo. It's based on a book and it's a character I'm playing and it's not what I believe in. And so I guess that's probably why he was having a dig. Well, the funny thing was because Red Heat obviously came out just before Rambo 3, I believe. And Red Heat was all all, all about Moscow opening up because they'd been allowed to film there for the first time. It was Gorbachev's new Moscow. Uh, Russia was changing. And then Rambo came out after this had begun and just looked immediately dated because it was very anti-Soviet and it's like Russia isn't the bad guy anymore so this movie is out of touch right Vicky mm, just the same yeah. I watched it when I was younger I don't think I've seen it since but it just the minute you suggested it I just was it just felt a rush of love I think I we I think I had an inappropriate sort of semi-crush on Sylvester Stallone because he was wearing glasses <laughs> that's what I remembered his actual glasses as well they're re- are they really? They're really oh, okay. his glasses. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that does work. That what? was the kind of thing you get with Sylvester Stallone in this as well. It was, and I totally agree with you, Vicky. It was that the idea of a departure from from Rocky Balboa and from Rambo. Like he's this sharp suited. Savile Row spectacle wearing I mean there's even a scene in it where like I think the captain says to him like something like you're a multi-millionaire stock investor you don't have to do this and he kind of goes I do it for good old American fun and it's like so I am a bit of a hero but I don't really need to be here and there's that lovely well you know I know it's all kind of one-liners Alex you set that up perfectly you've nailed it there with the with the one-liners but I like when Kurt Russell says don't worry about him he's missing his wardrobe Um, (laughs) it's a nice line when uh, Sylvester Stallone's being grumpy but that was it, yeah. Seeing seeing Rocky in spectacles was enough. Blew yeah. my mind as yeah. a child. Yeah. yeah, it was very strange. I'm interested to know how you've gone about piecing together uh, your interpretation of the history of this movie, Chris. Because I found one video on YouTube which did a very good job, but it is sketchy at best. It's a mess. It's a really? mess. The making of this film, and so it explains a lot of kind of oh. what went wrong. But this started off as an idea uh, by hairdresser turned producer John Peters mm. who we've talked about multiple times in this podcast mm. he of the uh, giant mechanical yeah. spider um, he of Barbara Streisand uh, relationship mm. and he said uh, I want to make a movie about a poor cop and a rich cop going to prison and having, and having to team up and it was called Setup at the time and he asked a writer called Randy Feldman to pen the screenplay but it quickly became clear that the plot was secondary because all John Peters really wanted to do was get Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie together. Ah. So here's my first question to you, Dave Berry. Would it, this have been better if it had been Arnie and Sly? Um, I think it would have been much more box office. Mm. It would have been probably a film that would stick around with us all because uh, Tiger and Cash for all of us kind of slipped by the wayside. And I think having Arnie in it instead of Kurt Russell certainly would have made it more of a mainstay. However, um, I love Kurt Russell in this mm. movie and I, and I wouldn't change him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Dave's hit the nail on the head. Like Arnie and Sly on screen together for the first time would have been insane. Mm. This would have been the biggest movie of 1989 and probably 99. It would have been immense. Um, but again, Kurt Russell and the story about Kurt Russell getting it, like the fact that he was sort of, I don't think he was even, I know you're going to tell us who was the middle choice, but yeah, I, I watched this. And in my head, Kurt Russell was already a star, but he'd like hardly, he was not like box office gold at this point. It was because of VHS, like it had become this big thing in the 80s and everyone had gone back and rewatched The Thing and Escape from New York and all big his trouble. John Carlton, yeah. big trouble. Yeah. And suddenly there was, he'd become this kind of cult action movie hero, even without having like box office to prove it. But I think he's got, I think he's, I, you know, we were talking about la, la, earlier in the week when we were doing Red Heat, we were talking about James Belushi and the script writers just getting it wrong. Mm. But I think that Kurt Russell is really charming in this. 
Um, I like his interaction with with Terry Hatcher. I think that he's he's funny. I think he looks his hairs. Al, you could do it, you know. No. And I wanted to say this to you: you could Kurt Russell that bad boy. I'm thinking about it. You should. You'd look so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. Is it fe- is it feathered? It's feathered slightly. It's a yeah. feathered mullet, I think. It's feathered. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you those, should. Those are the words that are going to come out of my mouth in the hairdressers. Anyway, I'd like a feathered mullet, and then I'm just going to close my eyes and open them again 20 minutes later, and it's going to be a wonderful well, work of art. Well, speaking of feathered mullets, um, it was Patrick Swayze who got the role next. Ah, okay. And then also he, very likeable on screen. He changed his mind to go off and do Roadhouse, yeah. which worked out fine. Yep. So you could swap those two over in those movies and both would stay <laughs> yeah, the same. Work. You yeah. could see Kurt Russell in Roadhouse, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, so you got Sly and Kurt Russell, um, which might have been fine had they not brought uh, Andre Konchalovsky on board to direct this movie. So he was a very serious Russian director who just made <laughs> Runaway Train, a very serious existential action movie about death. Um, and he saw Tango and Cash as an opportunity to subvert the action comedy, but it didn't really go that way. And I found some quotes from Barry Sonnenfeld, the cinematographer turned director, who's recently um, released a memoir called Call Your Mother, which is really funny. He spent a week working as the DP on this movie, and he had three run-ins with the director. Um, and apologies for the language here, but I'm quoting Barry. Uh, quoting Andre. But the first was when he lit sections of Cash's police station rather than the whole thing. Andre turned red and said, are you a pussy? Are you a girl? Like the whole police station. Jesus. Wow. The second, the second disagreement occurred when Barry lit Tango's police station. Andre looked on the set and said, you like like a girl, you like like a pussy. This is Sly, the biggest action star in the world. Give him some guts. What does it mean, you like like a girl? Unbelievable. <laughs> then finally, they were watching the dailies together and Andre said, what is this shit? This looks like shit. Sonnenfeld, <laughs> Sonnenfeld replied, I don't know, Andre. I think it looks pretty good. Andre responded, no one wants it to look pretty. No one wants it to look good. It should be ugly and dirty and gritty and hard to look at. This looks like a pussy litter. <laughs> Someone's got issues. At this point, wow. Sonnenfeld said, you know what, Andre? I think Fuck I might you. not be your guy. <laughs> yeah, he didn't swear, but he said, I might not be your guy, and they parted ways. Oh, man, I really wish he'd won the uh, best foreign language feature <laughs> of the BAFTAs this year. Because he was nominated this year. Can you imagine? He can imagine. This is our uh, thank you for this award, because I'm not a pussy. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> girls award. <laughs> Um, uh, he himself was fired uh, three months later in his own 1999 memoir he said it was because he and Sly wanted to make a serious movie and John Peters wanted to make it a goofy and camp movie they then brought on a new writer Jeffrey Bohm who had two huge hits in 89 he did Lethal Weapon 2 and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade oh wow this was the third film he wrote that year and he said I did a long incredible awful rewrite on that one <laughs> that's the script we ended up with yeah didn't he also say I didn't even try and get credit for it Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, second unit director who'd just um, finished Rambo 3 for Sly uh, briefly stepped in to direct. He was then replaced by the logical person to finish <laughs> a big budget comedy. This is insane. Um, they brought in Prince's manager. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Magnoli, um, who had he directed wow. Purple Rain and all of Prince's music videos, He'd just come off the back of directing Bat Dance. At the, um, the Warner, wow. the Warner chief of production, Michael Canton, said they hired him because the Batman video he directed was acclaimed and because he was available. <laughs> 
I didn't realise that Tango and Cash was oh, so badly treated. We're not yeah. done. We're not done. Oh, uh, then the film was heavily reshaped by editor Stuart Baird during post-production. So if you can include Sylvester Stallone's meddling on set and in the edit bay, Tango and Cash had five different directors, all of whom had a different vision for the movie. So the film um, wrapped eight weeks before it was due to hit screens and $20 million over budget, uh, perhaps in part due to Sly's demands, because in that aforementioned memoir, Barry Sonnenfeld revealed that Sly was friends with his stand-in and became annoyed that they kept using his stand-in so he couldn't hang out with him. So the producers had to hire a stand-in for his stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to drive your budget up. <laughs> um, wow. I'm, I'm going to end. I've got three quotes here about uh, their time working on the film. Villain Jack Palant said at the time, this had to be the worst experience I've had working on a film. And he'd made about 100 films by this point. Well, he, in the same year, he made uh, Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> uh, producer Larry Franco recently told Empire, Tango and Cash was the most screwed up show I've ever worked on and I worked on Apocalypse Now <laughs> and finally Andre Chonsolovsky uh, the man that started all this um, he told The Guardian in 2014 I was very happy to be fired I got my money and went to France Tango and Cash like every real Hollywood film is a film for people who cannot read <laughs> Wow. The pussies. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness me. So, yeah, that's all I I've... had no idea, Chris. That's Trouble. Incredible. That took some doing, though, trying to piece that together. Yeah, um, yeah a mess. A mess. And people do not like to talk about well, it. You know that it all makes perfect sense because I think, you know, without getting too much into it this early on into our conversation, it isn't the film that I loved as a kid. Mm. And I think it is very much um, aimed at 11 year old boys mm. uh, and not girls. So not girls, <laughs> um, girls. but um, we can't actually see it because it waits late. <laughs> you know I, mean? I tried to watch it, but it's just but blank. They can make it brighter. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's, I mean, that doesn't surprise me hearing no. all that. Well, it does surprise me. I'm shocked by that, but it's. No, uh, but we, we, we've, we've talked about it's kind of disappeared. Yeah. And it's kind of into the ether somehow. And it's kind of, you can kind of see why, why mm. it doesn't quite all come together and why it doesn't quite work. Have you got any more, Alex, or shall I dive in? No, it's pretty much it. Just about, it's, it's just about the fact that you can do so much reading around it, which I'm glad you did, because it's people blame different people. Like Brian James says it was Sly who yeah. got um, Andre Konchalovsky fired. Uh, Andre Konchalovsky says, no, it wasn't. You know, me and I, Sly got on really well. Like you, you, like you I had those quotes and they, I couldn't make sense of them no. because they were so contradictory. Yeah. I mean, Sly did, I mean... The, the directors were removed from about half of Sly's films in the 1980s and he either took over or put someone he was mates with in their place. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was the cause of some of the trouble. Mm. Yeah. Okay, the movie. Let's start with Meet Raymond Tango. And as Dave says, um, we've got Stallone in glasses and a three-piece suit and it's just weird. <laughs> it's not quite right. And actually, it's funny, in every interview he does, he's wearing a three-piece suit at this time and wearing the glasses. This is a real effort on his part to change his image from the the grunting oik into sort of a romantic comedy action lead. Also, like, can we talk about the fact that even before the title comes up, so it goes... Warner Brothers logo, then before Tango and Cash appears on screen, you have Sly, yeah. not in the scene that we're about to see, just in general, just sort of <laughs> announcing to the audience as Sylvester Stallone, not in character, as Tango, he goes, okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Very strange choice. Let, okay, let's do this. I wrote it down. <laughs> okay, let's do this. <laughs> He's a maverick, crossing state lines, out of jurisdiction, taking down the bad guys without backup. Um, and... Normally, these films would be filled with wisecracks, but I'm calling what they're using here unwisecracks. Yeah. <laughs> because 
as I said, they sound like jokes. They're delivered like jokes, but I don't think they're jokes. <laughs> so he shoots, he shoots this windscreen and the, the, ba- the villains crash through and he says, glad you could drop in. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not laughing. And then he takes out some handcuffs and says, you like jewellery? That's jewellery. But yeah. you see, that's the problem. The problem is you do one or the other. You don't do both one after the other. Yep. It's like you need a breather between jokes. But he's not done then because the villain says, fuck you. And he says, I prefer blondes. And it's like... <laughs> and then there's the, there's the Rambo is a pussy line. Rambo is a pussy is straight after this. So well, he's got a really great opening five minutes. <laughs> he can work this up to an hour. <laughs> now you see, if they put that joke in where he goes, I'm, I've literally got a gig at the, uh, the, the comedy store tonight. I'm trying out my hard five. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But it's what you said the other day. Uh, he's talking like he's Eddie Murphy, but he isn't Eddie Murphy. But no. I don't think Eddie Murphy could make these lines sing either. Um, so yeah, we, we, we realised the truck's got cocaine in it. He's really a hero cop. And he tastes the cocaine, which is a, a staple of 80s movies. <laughs> <like that. laughs> Just as soon as, I'm going, don't do it. It's like, oh, of course he has. Of course he has. <laughs> Anybody want to get high? <laughs> Just make sure this is what I think it is. Uh, I mean, it's a calculated risk shooting an oil tanker. I mean, there, there is a chance he doesn't actually know. This could be the wrong tanker. But that's good character stuff, isn't it? That's the maverick in him. Yeah. Living on the edge. Um, and then, uh, weirdly, the first of many weird scenes this gentleman has, our villain, played by Jack Palance, shows up in inconspicuous fashion in a limo just to have a look. He doesn't believe it unless he's seen it with his own eyes. That's, that's his character now. Um, Alex, it sounds like you're... Uh, on you're up for doing Jack Palance impressions today, are you? Uh, I'm I'm going to give it a shot later on as we go. It goes <laughs> okay, I write about Jack Palance. So he even turns up in the prison scene. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. why are you here? You're a kingpin. Go home. Yeah, I think he's short staffed. <laughs> yeah. It just must be. And yet he's never in the same frame as them. So those scenes were definitely shot on different days. But he, he even says that. Jack Palance has said uh, in the original script, I had three scenes with Sylvester Stallone that were all taken out and I never met him while making Tango <sighs> I and I didn't Cash. know that. I wouldn't have had to rewatch it again just to check. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. So Twice. even the, I don't, in case anyone's thinking of watching Tango and Cash, inspired by this podcast, even the end scene where they're all no. in the same... 100% right? no. You watch it again and they, they're clearly talking over a recording mm. of him. Because yeah. <laughs> he's doing his bit. Anyway, we'll yeah, get to that. They never, he says, Jack Palance says they, he never met Sylvester Stallone. Right. It's Tango really, it's really weird. So yeah, he says Ray Tango has done it to us again. If it isn't Tango, it's Cash. <laughs> Tango, Cash, Cash, Tango. I don't need to do Jack Palance. I can't do Jack Palance. That was good. They, they we're, will do the good We're run. all having a go. But he doesn't want to kill him because he's got something else in mind. And then we're going to meet Gabriel Cash. Um, oh, now, can I interject very quickly here? Yes. This is where you know, and what you've just your your brilliant education to me about this movie, where they wanted to make a serious kind of Russian kind of um, look at the buddy buddy cop movie as soon as we see Kurt Russell they introduce this kind of plinky plonky oh my God. He's yeah. slightly squiffy and stupid music and he's like driving through his neighbour with his beat and he's like oh here comes Kurt Russell and it's like so unfair so I'm, I'm Kurt fucking Russell don't play that music over me he's immediately though he's immediately obviously the opposite of uh, Tango because whereas Tango is cold and clinical there's a bunch of kids that follow Kurt Russell yeah, home right yeah. Hey, 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 oh, look at Kurt Russell's wibbly wobbly mad world. What will he say next? <laughs> By the way, there's a, Sorry, guy, there's, there's a guy hiding behind a, a mirror in your room because that's where bad guys hide behind. What is it? A two-way mirror? How does he know he's the he other get side? Behind a mirror? I don't understand where he comes from. No. Is he living in the walls? <laughs> no, He's been living in the walls for years. <laughs> I might have it here. Let's see if this will work. <laughs> 
No, this, no is that this, not it? This is the sexy bit. <laughs> That's the sexy. Okay, sorry. No, no, I like it. Kurt Russell's. Imagine this. It's like Noddy's coming into frame. There is an assassin in his apartment, and he shoots him with the gun in his boot. Question. Question. Doing something different though. That's why I said it. I literally referenced it. So how does he fire the gun in his boot? Through his sole of his shoes. Is that right? Yeah, but what's he using to pull the trigger? He clenches his toes. I'm trying trying to figure this out. A string round the trigger, round his... Up Don't the know. leg. Up the leg, and then... It's tied to his penis, and he has to make himself around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Alex. What? That's Why naughty. That would be great if you just went, think of something sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what, and then you killed people? <laughs> yeah, because then you could literally... <laughs> hell's going you on could literally make the joke. <laughs> I want to think about something sexy, and then everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the payoff line. Have a lot of shame. Imagine the zinger. I just shot my load. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That, that actually could be a line from Tango and Cash. <laughs> I'm also concerned about it because when he crosses his legs, if he's doing this one, yeah. like anyone could die. It just seems like yeah. a terrible idea. The shoe gun. I think he actually, had, I don't think it was like, a, it wasn't a shoe gun per se. It was a gun that was in an ankle holster because he reaches into his boot and pulls the trigger on the gun. It's, it's slotted down inside his boot. I'm, I'm getting now. so what, he's got that. Ama- I remember as a like eleven year old, me, my eyes lit up at that amazing laser sight thing that he's got. That's, mm. yeah. so that's not the that's not that's in the, not the, too no, big yet. to go in a shoe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is because it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like a stupid toy gun. I can't believe it. This movie is full of things that John Peters, I reckon, has gone. Yeah, put a laser sight. Hundred percent. There's some stuff coming up later mm. that repeats in John Peters' films in quite a strange oh. way. Um, we have got gratuitous stuff in the car chase that follows. We've got. Grat- gratuitous Russian chatting about perestroika and gratuitous <laughs> breasts because there's a couple having sex in a high, a high rise car park in a multi-story yeah. it makes no sense romance is dead <laughs> I, um, yeah that's weird I just assume that don't think about that scene too much I don't want to get shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're sitting opposite him yeah I know <laughs> there you go <laughs> seriously though it's um, it, I assume that she must be a sex worker because what couple or they're having an affair Perhaps. Yeah. I, I did a lot of thinking. I mean, you're about not that. supposed to ever think yeah. that. I was thinking that about... is just for the teenage boys watching to get a quick. It is, absolutely, absolutely right. because it's the 80s. Cheek However, it. it pales in comparison to the greatest one of those moments in the history of 80s movies, the gratuitous boob shot, which is still commando because of what is happening in that hotel room oh, yeah. when they go through the door. Um, well, I, I'd, I'd hoped we'd never have to talk about it on a pod again, but seeing as you're here, yeah. I didn't believe it when Chris yeah. told me what was happening in that hotel room in Commando where they fall through the motel room door <laughs> into the other room. And Chris was like, do you know what's going on in there? I'm like, yeah, it's a couple having sex. He's like, no, 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 pegging is going on. Yeah. Which is the, the use of a, uh, a, a, a false uh, member on a woman to insert it into... <laughs> a false member? Alex, Alex, if you're going to tell stories like that, you can't halfway go shy. Oh right? why, why did you not break eye contact with me throughout that whole story as well? It's, this is uh, desperately unsettling. Oh, we should have taken a break between episodes because I feel myself losing it here. <laughs> um, so now we've got the setup. Yes. Uh, we're back to Palance. Um, and he's got a bank of 16 TV screens, <laughs> mm-hmm. each of them showing footage of different Tango and Cash busts. <laughs> yeah. And he's watching all of them at the same time. Yeah. 
How is it that 16 TVs still, even today, looks more affluent than just one big screen? <laughs> it makes me think, fucking no, hell, someone had to put 16 TVs, you had to buy 16 TVs and put them together. That's more affluent than just buying a big screen. <laughs> He's upset because Tango waltzes in, takes all his drugs, then Tango's out. Oh, nice. If he's not, his middle name's not Waltz. It doesn't work. <laughs> Ray Waltz Tango. Uh, everyone's telling him to kill them because it's quicker and easier, but he's not having that no. because because that would be baking a cake or cleaning a toilet yeah. or shopping by mail. This is, this is insane. This is why you realise Jack Palance's character, which is never really fully addressed, He's just mad. Uh, he's a mad person. Oh, yeah. When you see him handle the rats, <laughs> you know he's insane. He's not well because he, he goes, he goes, they're like uh, James uh, James Hong, who plays Quan and Lopez. They're like, yeah, let's kill Tang and Cash quick and easy. Yeah. And he's like, quick and easy. Like you say, quick and easy is how you make a cake, clean a toilet bowl, <laughs> shop by mail. And this is like, not, none of those things are quick and easy. <laughs> this is said by a man who has never made a cake. It's like you... That, also, what a weird three examples yeah, really to put weird. together. Because you workshop those three. Like, look, come on, rule of three, three things. Quick and easy, quick and easy is how you, just anything. Make a cake? Yeah, I guess. I has anyone here made a cake? No? Fine. <laughs> but why, what, what, who's, what person's brain goes, uh, cake, toilet, shopping by mail? Also, yeah, why do you, why do you want one of your lead actors to say the word toilet? You don't want to think, God, is no. that how you do that? Yeah. Like, that's they don't even They don't even use the word toilet in America so that's, that's inaccurate true. Yeah. Like, it's quick and easy like plugging in 47 TVs and stacking them on top of each other okay. this is this is the villain speech equivalent of Alanis Morissette's ironic where every example he gives is not quick and easy but what he does say is quick and easy is not how you run a multi-million pound business of course it's not, because that would be quick and easy if you didn't buy a box, yeah. fill it with mice, and then build a mice maze <laughs> in a work surface yeah. out of Perspex. Well, no, that's that, how we can make a metaphor. I think yeah, that's money well spent. A massive... Right, my money well spent. Are they fucking mice or rats? They're rats. rats. What, right, but, but then they, it's like... Well, they're referred to as mice in the film, yeah. and that chapter, because I actually checked on the DVD, that chapter's called A Mouse Trap. Mm. Oh, but, yeah. oh, I was uh, so afraid. I was like, they're obviously rats. You keep calling rats. them mice. You put rats in a maze, but he's like, you're beautiful mice. <laughs> it makes it's no when he starts sense. nuzzling into him as yeah. well. Oh, it's it's when you're gorgeous. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> but it, Vicky's absolutely right. What, what's insane is at different points in the movie, he refers to them as rats or mice. Yeah. But chronologically, so in this scene, like anyone watching that who has any rodent knowledge goes, those are rats. And yet he's going, Tango and Cash are like mice. <laughs> In a maze. That's who little mice baking a cake yeah. and ordering some shopping online. And, and you're like, this was a really nice mahogany bar. Have you hollowed it out and filled it with perspex? Are you mad? Yeah. Yes, you are. And why, Jack, why are you getting like the triads and literally offering to do this for you? Just let them do it, man. You haven't even got to do it. Go back to playing with your rat mice hybrids. But you wonder how often you wonder how often he uses the metaphor of the people he's after being sent to a prison. Because to have built the table, he must do it a lot. More than once. It's not More than even, once. It's not even just the table. What's really unhygienic is that is a drinks preparation area. Yeah. It's his bar. You chop fruit on that, and he's got mice <laughs> scampering about all over it. It's disgusting. <laughs> then in the prison later, someone is clearly gone. Check, check. Just a quick word. You know the speech coming up. Uh, they are rats. We checked. <laughs> we checked. Because when he's in the prison, he then goes, Tango and Cash, like rats in a maze now. <laughs> 
Oh, God. I need to calm down a bit, so let's take a quick break. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This week at Sukarnov. Jim recently joined Luke on the Luke and Pete show to discuss the do's and don'ts of riding roller coasters. So why are we talking about him today? We're talking about him because he once killed a goose with his face on a roller coaster. <laughs> and over at Self Care Club, Lauren and Nicole are talking about taking care of yourself while supporting others for Mental Health Awareness Week. I also think that this Mental Health Awareness Week is beautifully timed mm. because we are slowly coming out of lockdown. Mm. Everyone is feeling a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Where should I be? What do I want? What do I not want? All those questions. Yeah. So it's this, an unsettled feeling, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So I think the timing of this week is absolutely imperative. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. And we're back. So um, Tango and Cash are sent to the same raid. Uh, this is when Cash is using the gun that looks like a laser from the yeah. future. This is the, the guns get bigger and bigger me, as this film progresses. Yeah, yeah. it looks like gun, the guns from Predator Two, which like I never worked out whether Predator Two is in the future or not because mm. the guns all look like they're made uh, of plastic. But again, it's just another. It's like the the gratuitous boob usage and the laser yes. sights. It's yeah. just aimed for young guys, yes. isn't it? Really? Yeah, we love a bloody gun. Ooh. And uh, at the uh, at the raid, there's a dead man wearing a wire, and the police arrest them for murder. And they find Cash's missing gun at the scene of the crime. Hey, that's my gun. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Someone's been messing with my sight. <laughs> I like guns. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they go to court where Cash exclaims, this whole fucking thing sucks, which is what I was thinking at that point in the movie. It's dangerous to say what I'm thinking in my head. Um, they plead no contest to voluntary manslaughter and receive 18 months in minimum security prison. Yeah, which they missed a the trick there. Sure. Yeah, just find them guilty. Yeah, just it like makes no sense. Like, because the whole setup is like, yeah, the prosecution are going like our, they, their lawyers needed to have got it wrong. Yes, like the lawyers recommended that they that they'd be sent to a minimum security eighteen months, and wrong. then the judge um, it goes a big shocking moment. Judge goes ten years maximum security, yep. and you're like, yeah, not oh, someone prison admin. <laughs> someone off screen swapped them out of the truck and put them in a different bus. <laughs> so what the fuck? Yep. Yep. Um, Interesting. Um, Jabba the Hutt, the guy they call Jabba the Hutt, loads of great character actors in this, is um, the doctor from Total Recall who sweats down his Mm. face. Uh, Arnie kills. I like that. Uh, When they get to the wrong prison, we have a shower scene immediately with gratuitous butt shots. Yeah. But Um, we also have uh, an actual good line uh, because the the fact that you have to remember with this movie is when you have got so many one-liners, some are bound to hit Mm -hmm. and welcome to Club Fed. It's quite good. Uh, a federal oh, prison. Yeah. Yeah. Club, club Fed. Fed. Club yeah. Fed. They, yeah. Yeah, they talk about <laughs> each other's cocks quite a lot in this film, mm. which yeah. is, I guess you've got to do something different, haven't you? You've got yeah. to add something to the subgenre. I know, but in a movie that is already so far removed from reality, like, uh, can you imagine being at a urinal and looking at another guy's penis, even a friend's, and going, no. Nah. That's a bit smaller than mine. <laughs> I've got no idea what you get. Is that not no, is that not no, the parlance when you're in that. there? No. You, you can get into trouble in toilets. Can you? For for handling other men's goods. What happened? What happened to you? Uh, you I, were there. <laughs> <laughs> you were really drunk. <laughs> Uh, they get placed in general population and we see Face, the bloke who came through the windscreen at the start of the film, and he's played by uh, the actor Robert Zadar, who's yes. best known as Maniac Cop. A fan of his? Um, I like the, I do like the line where he says, you broke that jaw. I think that's a nice, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a good line in the movie. So he's got a condition called cherubism. Mm-hmm. Which, I did wonder um, what it was. Yeah, which yep. causes him to have that enlarged jaw. Yeah, uh, excessive bone growth in the lower face. Mm. And and he sort of had a movie career off the back of that. As I say, Maniac Cop, that was the villain of this trilogy of really quite fun action horror movies. And, you know, once you see him, he's, he's, sort of un- he's got an unforgettable look. Yeah. And I think he works really well as a villain here. Yeah, he's oh, great. Perfect, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what is it? Arnie says to him, I loved you in Conan the Barbarian. Sorry, Sly says, yeah. having a jab at Arnie. Mm. Um, they both end up with a roommate from hell. Cash's cellmate is flatulent and won't let him use the toilet. Tango's cellmate is Clint Howard, <laughs> um, <laughs> who, who's killed his best friend and plays with a slinky. Yeah, he's quite good, though. He's quite good because, like, you. He gets that character so right because clearly he wants to be, uh, he wants to have that notoriety that serial killers and murderers have. And that bit where he's like, crazy people aren't afraid of anything. You're like, he's just putting that on for show and playing with his slink. They're all affectations that he's trying to live up to this idea that he is crazy. Uh, Also, he's the kid from Gentle Ben, which I loved as a kid. (laughs) Uh, They get kidnapped and taken to the basement. Tango says, oh, look, it's a welcoming committee. Cash says either that or it's a surprise party. Again, sound like jokes. (laughs) Aren't actually jokes. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? Because just the the, relentless being smashed over the head with one-liners. Like When they're walking to their cells, the prison is essentially on fire. People are going to rape the fucking life out of you. They're like, what a day. (laughs) But it's good because those scenes can be quite tense and it obviously drains the tension from it. Yeah. Uh, and we meet uh, Brian James playing the Artful Dodger. Oh, man. What a oh, surprise. Um, so, uh, Dave, f- f- thoughts of, on his 
Cockney accent. Well, I'm, I'm not a Cockney, but I am from that kind of area of London. Mm-hmm. I'm from South East London and, and it's um, it's distracting. I mean, you know, the film is hardly a completely immersive experience to buy into <laughs> and, you know, you get whisked away with the drama. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, it's offensive to all Cockneys. Yeah. Um, and also as well, it's the, the script that he's been handed is like, oh, you bloody wanker. Why yes. don't we have some tea and scones and see yeah. how you like that? Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's yeah. it's so it's he I mean, says toss and like, bollocks and, yeah. and yeah. I'll tell you what I'm going to hit you right in the fish and chips <laughs> what yeah. hey um, obviously Chol- Cholton is where you're from yeah. Cholton and Greenwich I only found out and did my research for whether you were a Cockney or not. I did my, I did my oh. research. Uh, apparently you're not. So, no, so thank congratulations. you. Congratulations. Be within the Bell. Uh, yeah, born within the sound of the Bell's. Yeah. But uh, Cholton Greenwich is rhyming slang for what? Cholton and Greenwich. Spinach. Oh. <laughs> really? Okay. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut your bloody throat. Yank your tongue out through the hole and tie a lovely Windsor knot for you. Oh, that's it. Windsor knot gets a mention. So, uh, Brian James, I found a quote yeah. from him about this performance. Mm. And he, this is him talking about when Prince's manager was brought in to direct the rest of the film. <laughs> he says, by the time he got there, I was like, don't talk to me, stay back. I knew this character for weeks. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so he's pretty happy with, and he wow. said that 10 years later, he's pretty happy with how that went down. Yeah, he basically... So he thinks he's Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so he was only originally in one scene uh, where he got beaten up and killed by Sliced Alone. And then he thought, I don't want to be another hitman from Cleveland. So I gave myself this cockney swagger and Sly loved it so much that he put me in loads of scenes I became the main bad guy (laughs) instead of Jack Palance (laughs) he really he says I was the main bad guy instead of Jack Palance because I was loved so much by Sly and they had so much fun making fun of my cockney accent Mm, no you didn't Brian because Palance appears here from the shadows Saying, as Alex said, rats in a maze, <laughs> men in a cage. Mice. No, uh, you're right, rats. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who's behind him in that scene, though, for a split second? I do, yeah. Did you, did you cock him? Benny Urquitz. Benny the Jet. Urquidates. Benny Urquid- the Jet, a favourite here. He's in a bunch of action movies. He, he's in Gross Point Blank. He taught, he taught all the stars to fight, and then he ends up fighting them in movies. Ah. And why isn't he the bloody henchman at the end? Because one of them has to sh- fight some random henchman, and yeah. you've got Benny the Jet, and he's just standing in the shadows over Jack Palance his shoulder that one day Jack Palance was working <laughs> um, and then they get tortured in a scene ripped directly from Lethal Weapon yeah. oh yeah of course the, wa- the water uh, electrocution yeah. that happens to Riggs I mean a lot of stuff is nicked from Riggs isn't it in this film because There's an actual line uh, from Riggs where in Lethal Weapon 2 when the car's on fire uh, Riggs, Riggs says Mel Gibson says we're cooking now and Sliced Alone says we're cooking now yep. in the car yep. at the end when it's on fire copy paste yep. um, Tango and Cash escape from prison via a ventilation shaft because there are so many giant turbines in every prison Yeah, <laughs> you can't build a prison without a giant turbine hey, there are giant turbines on the rock. Uh, so, yep. uh, yeah, it's uh, Sean Connery there. <laughs> that was really uh, nice. I like that. <laughs> um, interesting, though. Uh, two things. First of all, I do think uh, this was just, this was before Shawshank Redemption. So they really miss a trick where Kurt Russell is smashing through the concrete wall with the crowbar during a thunderstorm mm-hmm. and he doesn't time the bangs like Tim Robbins does to mm. the actual thunder. Yep. Uh, I Are do you wonder... saying this film isn't as good as a short <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saying what? that I wonder whether Frank Darabont saw that and went, I know I could do that better. <laughs> oh, no. 
how to improve on Tango and Cash. <laughs> but also the bit where Kurt Russell is like working his way through the sewers and uh, there are actual rats in the sewers. So he genuinely is with rats in a maze. Yeah. Why did they not fuck with everything and actually put mice in their scene just to continue <laughs> the road of confusion? It's like, wait, they are, they are mice in a maze. <laughs> so they escape and Cash heads to the Cleopatra Club where Cat, oh, wow. Cat is dancing to Don't Go by Yazoo by, uh, while dressed in what looks like tinfoil, I'm going to say. Has leggings, tinfoil. Um... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are we skipping over possibly the greatest scene in this? Are we saving it for the end? The zip line sequence is about the only thing I remember. I've, I've written that down as my best scene. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. And it also has a nice little uh, end that I never picked up at. As, as a kid, uh, which is when he lands in uh, Cash's Light to Tango. He's like, you want to stop for coffee in a Danish? And Tango goes, I hate Danish. And that's because he'd just broken up with Bridget Nielsen. And oh. it was a dig. Oh, that's nice. I, I know, right? <laughs> what a dick. I got what a line is, here. <laughs> Slice Stallone's ego is, I don't like Rambo 3 and I don't like my ex. So I'm going to mention both of those things in this new movie. And I'm going to start the movie with, okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's do my attack on things and people I don't like. And, and Bridget, <laughs> one hour, 27 minutes in, you're not going to like this. <laughs> I mean, this movie is already a little bit meta. It'd be great if Sly just like did a director's commentary but over the theatrical release where he talked <laughs> through it like he's like so this stunt wait watch this okay I'm gonna get on the zip line right now <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a Danish girl joke coming up <laughs> um, there is I, again the little bits of dialogue that I, I did enjoy just to be positive about Tango and Cash because it was a childhood favourite um, I like where they're having the conversation about the way in which electricity works and whether scientifically oh, they're yeah, gonna get that is brilliant. they're gonna get fried and, and it's like Sly's trying to kind of own it and it's like mm. neither of us know this we've just got to do it and that moment where before they, they take that kind of leap I also love that bit where Sly's about to run off and he gets it, the the henchman comes up through the yeah. the hatch and catches his leg with the kind of chain it's great it's great and it like we haven't really mentioned it but uh, Andre Konchlovsky has directed some of these scenes really well. There's some really good-looking moments in this. The, you, the bit you mentioned, V, where they walk into the prison and it's pretty much everything is on fire. <laughs> There's the scene when they're hunting Brian James earlier and it's a reflection of him in the mirror and then Tango walks one way and Cash appears the other way. Yeah. It's kind of like really well done. And the electricity sparking off the wires, Ooh. it all looks very good. And you can really tell when he's been fired for the final <laughs> act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get to that finale, uh, we We've got Terry Hatcher's cat. Um, as I said, she's dancing to Yazoo. She grabs some drumsticks. Mm -hmm. yeah. and she doesn't was... just grab them. She insists. She, <laughs> she demands does. those drumsticks. <laughs> and I was really wondering what she was going to do with them. And I was quite disappointed when it was play drum pads. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of strip club is this? Out, out of time. <laughs> then, then She's not playing them in time. She can't dance or drum is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, but the audience loves it. The audience goes friggin' yeah, right. wild. Which yeah. is so. The insane thing here is that this club has done a survey of what may, what really fucking gets men going, and like there are guys in the audience that go, "Yeah, the dancing's all right, but wait till she starts playing those drums." Oh, yeah. oh. That is what gets me off. It's yeah. it's this weird thing. It got it sent me down a wormhole. Have you ever heard of the, like the brown note? 
No. Or brown noise. It's this frequency. Like it was like it's a thing that everyone sort of talked about it at school for a bit. Where a band, a heavy metal band, was the story at our school, could play a certain frequency on the bass guitar, mm-hmm. and it was just the right frequency to make the entire audience defecate in unison because it activated your bowels. It's called the brown note. <laughs> that isn't true. <laughs> well, it, this is the thing. It isn't true, but it's like this myth that has been going around for years about the right. brown note. And yeah, I found. Out that What's it's, this got to do with Terry Hatcher? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the idea that she hits those drums in such a way it makes oh. men like yeah. ejaculant. You don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to say everything you've written down in your notes, Alex. Sometimes you've got to self-edit. Please tell me you didn't write that down. <laughs> um, Brown so, notes. And then, Brown notes. <laughs> it's in capitals. <laughs> um, I've got to make sure I get the brown note stuff in. Yeah, they're going to love this. <laughs> then there's more boobs. <laughs> more boobs. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's more boobs at the Cleopatra Club. Of yeah, is this well, when? Because Terry Hatcher doesn't get them out. So they've got to come from Someone's somewhere. Got yeah. <laughs> Slightly disappointed tone there. Terry Hatcher doesn't get them out. Oh, bitch. <laughs> the least she could do. Uh, let's let's go through the cast. Uh, boobs, boobs, drumsticks, boobs, drumsticks. Um, so we've got now we've got Cash dressing as a woman, and as I said, this is a John Peters thing because Wild Wild West. Mm. He gets not only Will Smith, but also Kevin Klein in women's clothes. Yeah. This is something that he likes oh. giant mechanical spiders and men in women's clothes. I love it just because they're obviously they're in a bit of a rush. Like the cops are everywhere. We've got to go. So he's had the time to find a wig. There's a big wig lying around. Okay, fine. Put on this outfit, put on full face makeup, which is easily. I mean, he's an amateur, I guess, so maybe 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> but he probably didn't put on his own makeup. So he found someone to say, yeah. yes. this might get you in trouble, but could you please put this mascara on? A Terry Hatcher, so? I imagine. No. Doesn't he say to that guy, what size are, your cl- what size are you? So you think he's going to dress... You presume he's yeah, going to dress the in the clothes of the old yeah. switcheroo. I'm pretty sure that, like, knowing what kind of movie this is, I think it should have been a gun filled with makeup that he just fired at his face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a full face of makeup. Do you, do you think he made a fine-looking woman? No. No. Yeah, not, it's a bit disappointing considering he's quite a pretty man. He's, yeah. he's gorgeous. I did, not, I did not fancy that lady. No. No, Unlike that police officer who... Oh, what he's, about a three-way? <laughs> or the nurse in Red Heat. <laughs> uh, they go back to Cat's house and uh, Tango shows up and thinks they're shagging, but this really it's so a massage. This is so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. So I get the joke, oh, they're shagging, and she's like, oh, it's nearly gone all the way in. And it's yes. like, whose sex talk is that literal? Like that, he should be looking at that and going, well, like, you're clearly who's, not having sex. Whose massage talk is that? That's yeah. a, also that's, true. He's got a slip disc, hasn't he? Yeah. So she can feel the slip disc going back. In, but who gets that aroused at pushing a person's disc back She's inside? She's having a lovely time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, it's, you know, obviously they aren't having sex. That's the point. That's the thing that mm. they keep from Sly for the rest of the movie. But the massage is so intimate given mm. that you've just met at the Cleopatra yeah, They Club. might as well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's insane. It's not kind of like, oh, let me get that for you, Chris. You've got a bit of a knot there. <laughs> that was nice. It's kind of like, I'm going <laughs> to put my kimono on and I'm going to straddle you and then we'll do this properly. Yeah, it's very forward, yeah. I like the big picture she has of herself hanging in the house. I like that, that as well. <laughs> I thought, good for you. Ambition. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about this. One of the few things that this movie actually does set up and then wait to pay off as opposed to paying off in the same scene is this idea that Sly might be the boyfriend of Terry Hatcher. When she goes off on a dance tour at the start, 
you meant to think, oh, they're together. Mm. And then it does the reveal later it's on. It's just that. not interesting, though, is it's it? Just, no. It's just no, not interesting. But it's nice patience from a film that cannot wait to shoot yeah. its load in every other yeah. scene. Plus, plus, he watches his sister for an uncomfortable... As someone who's a big brother, <laughs> yeah. he watches his sister having what he thinks is sex for an uncomfortable <laughs> length of time. <laughs> he, he kind of goes, oh, oh, I'm going to... Oh, my hands... Oh, no, oh. Where are those two rat slash mouse things? Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get one of the worst jokes in the entire movie movie where he punches the screen door out on top of his captain and the captain goes oh my is this God. how you screen all your guests it's like is that a screen oh, wow. door joke it's, it's the cat is the captain at it as well i hadn't even noticed everyone it's like an alternate universe where people can only talk in shit <laughs> one-liners oh now there's an idea for a movie yeah a movie in which people can only talk in one-liners and the first person who can actually emote uh, without doing a joke is like hailed as a saviour it's like sentence structure becomes the saviour <laughs> they do their bad cop worst cop interrogation next yeah. um, where Tango the oldest trick in the book my friend the oldest trick in the book yeah doing a rigs the oldest trick in the mm. lethal weapon script yeah. I think it's cool <laughs> it's not even it's not I mean basically they go they go it's the, the oldest trick in the book bad cop worst cop it's like it's still good cop, bad cop. You can't just name it something else and go, it's an original idea, bad cop, worst cop. It's, well, one of you is worse than the other, so that person is the bad cop so and the other one's the good cop. So it's good cop, bad cop. Uh, then they head to the the techie, the Q guy at the Experimental oh. Weapons Division, which we visit a couple of times this film. Do they have experimental weapons divisions in police stations in America? No. no. Does a man on the run wander into a police station's special weapons yeah. division and go, I'm here for some guns? Where? <laughs> Like, he is wanted got- at the moment. <laughs> Where the wildly lovable homeless guy from Scrooge has created a dog that's got a gun in its mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> he doesn't just ask for a gun. He basically gets a Batmobile. Yeah. You got a Batmobile because we've got an armoured bulletproof cannon ready, fast brick wall smashing uh, Batmobile. So, now I remember as a kid, as a kid watching this going, wow, this car. And I was looking forward to this car turning up this time. I was very excited. I was like, the car's coming out. I can't wait to see the car. What a piece of shit car. 100%. It's like, it's just... It's just a normal car. Yeah, it is a normal car. I thought you'd really like it, V, because it's basically a camper van with a gun. Yeah. I mean, but that's a normal thing. Right. (laughs) In in camper van. You had a camper van gun. With a gun. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes campsites, you know, they're not as secure as you might like. (laughs) So you have to take things... You know when I said... Mark, get in the minigun seat. (laughs) I'm going to push you out the side. There's people walking over. They look like they want to have a barbecue with us. Their kids look ugly. I do not want them near the twins. Is it, Gun them! Gun is it them like down. the Millennium Falcon? Has it got like a little chair that A little grid on the screen? I, Victoria, I could just go say, uh, could you not come over? We're having, we're having our own personal family time. No, get in the seat, get in the gun. I'll wheel you out. <laughs> With a wind system. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. It's a community of people. Um, yes, anyway, the the car is a disappointment from the one I, I loved so dearly as a child. Yeah. Mm. It's just a, it's just a van with a gun stuck on the side. But necessary <laughs> because all of Jack Palance's cars have cannons on them as well. Cannons on cars is a big thing here. Well, it's it, it, someone someone clearly saw Mad Max and went, let's, yeah. let's do that. Well, in fact, I know how this happened because John Peters was driving onto... This is... Say what you like about John Peters. But it must be quite exciting in terms of filmmaking to have the power he does. So basically, he's driving to the set of Tango and Cash and he passes a quarry and sees loads of earth-moving vehicles. And he's like, hmm. Drives onto the set of his movie and goes, so the climax is loads of earth-moving vehicles. I just saw them. They're fucking cool. Make it happen. (laughs) Bye-bye. 
and then it then it happens, and that is the climax to the movie. That mm. is such a, a fun thing to be able to do if it didn't come with such a dark side. But it's a fun yeah. thing. Yeah, and we, then then bolt the end of Enter the Dragon onto it. Yeah. <laughs> but but we're in a construction site. We go we're driving around. We quickly write some jokes. Where do you learn to drive, Stevie Wonder? No, Bad. even in primary school, that wasn't a no. funny joke. No. Yeah, um, Bigfoot. The Bigfoot big car shows up. Um, I forgot there's a which, monster truck as well. The monster truck, which is also in Roadhouse that year. So this was the year of the monster truck in action movies <laughs> oh, yeah. for no real reason. There was yeah. one in Police Academy 2 or 3. I can't remember. You should remember that, Alex. I know. That's really disappointing. I'm going to go 2. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Palance is watching the film on the telly at this point. Mm-hmm. We sort of cut to him a there's few 32 times. 32 tellies. Um, and then he <laughs> activates um, his facilities talking self-destruct bomb. Why? Why is he, why? Why is he built that? Why does it? he want to blow himself up at this He's point? He's blown himself up. Why is he giving it a voice? Why, does why it... is this lair a thing? <laughs> why is it set to 11 and a half minutes? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> it's enough time to get my rats. That's <laughs> mice out. It's yeah. so weird. It's so, I really wish he'd had his box of mice in his hand when he had his gun to Terry Hatch's head. It's like, I've got my mice and I've got a hostage. <laughs> And they were holding little guns as well. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Tango fights some random henchmen when it could have been Benny the Jet. That's disappointing. Cash battles uh, Brian James mm. and shoves a grenade down his trousers. Oh, we're skipping over the fact that yep. uh, Lopez and Quan at this point, uh, the henchmen who've been like, let's do it quick and easy. No more cake references. Let's do it quick and easy for real this time. And he's like, okay, uh, are you ready? And Quan goes, we're ready. Absolutely a lie because they die immediately. Like there is, there is no, like whatever their the, the bar that they've set ready at is a lot lower than it should be because they they go they go and just die. And Palance, as, as Dave said, he's suddenly in a hall of mirrors because he's got a hall is of mirrors in his dragon? office. No, I'm misremembering that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. And, yeah. and it's I think the man with the golden gun yeah, does it as well. as well. I mean, it's not the first time it's been done. No. Um, I think the idea is that he likes games, doesn't he, Jack Palance? And so that's why he's got the, he's got the, the time. mouse trap. Because he's, he's got clearly the overseeing this multi-million dollar <laughs> enterprise himself because he does everything himself. So how he, has he got the time to be playing these mind games yeah. and building this hall of mirrors? As he said earlier, running a multi-million pound company isn't quick and easy mm-hmm. because he has to build dioramas of every <laughs> metaphor he's going to use. <laughs> so he doesn't have time to run. He's made it <laughs> difficult and hard. Um, you skipped over the fact that uh, Brian James gives one of the weirdest threats uh, ever. He's got Terry Hatcher hostage and he says uh, to uh, Tango, he goes, um, <laughs> Well, pretty boy. Sorry, accent. Yeah. Well, pretty boy. I want to. Wa- I want you to watch me pleasure your sister, <laughs> slow and easy. Pause. But <laughs> I've only got a few minutes to carve you up. It's like, Sue, you're not going to pleasure my sister, slow and easy, and just going to carve me. I don't know why you'd bother saying that yeah. if you just had the time to carve it's me up. It's such a dick move to threaten to rape someone, then be like, I haven't even got the fucking time. Sorry, isn't it? I think and plus Tango's like if you're going to have sex with my sister I am going to watch for an uncomfortable <laughs> time. maybe that put him off yeah, I know up. you like to watch so nah, I'm not into it how slow <laughs> Get, cash pass my spectacles <laughs> I think if you read this script you'd put a line through every line yeah no no this can be better this can be improved I, I think there's hardly anything there are certain scenes which would benefit from them just doing things as opposed to talking us yeah. through what they're doing yeah or 
go full in, like I said, have Sly commentating over each scene. Well, ah, he's got a hall of mirrors, I see. Watch me walk towards him now. <laughs> well, if, well, even in this finale, they talk over Palance's concluding speech. He's telling them what he's going to do and they just talk over him. And as I say, it's really clear. It's really clear that they're in different spaces, that they're, they're, they're not connected at all. And then they both shoot him at the same time. Kurt Russell shoots him through his foot. Um... And then they go to retrieve Cat, and and he's not there on the floor because, as I say, he's not there. Yeah. He's just not there. He's yeah, disappeared. Yeah. That, yeah. The worst thing is that he goes. His he goes, mice carried him away. <laughs> 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 That's why that box is so big. <laughs> Scurried off. He was and then put like it up there. on the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> to the basement, my beauties. To the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in Tango and Cash too. <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> Uh, he, um, they both go into sort of details about how did you know who, which was the the right uh, Perrette? Uh, and, and they they go, oh, it was the ring. And he goes, oh, I saw this other thing. It's like show us those things in yeah, the sort of yeah. in the standoff. Build that in that we're like, oh, what are they looking? Isn't at? it like a, a, a they, he wasn't watch. there? They couldn't do anything. <laughs> he'd, he'd been and gone. <laughs> he could have been dressed as a clown, <laughs> and they haven't referenced it. <laughs> they had no choice. They're just reacting to whatever he'd shot a month before. Um, and so the place blows up. They high five each other. They don't kiss. I felt like it had been building to them kissing, and they yeah. don't kiss. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with a with a headline, a newspaper headline. Um, Heroes again, Tango and Cash back on the force. But did you see what it says just to the right of that headline? This is mental. Um, just the right of that, the headline says, "Ask not what the critics say." <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, does it really? Yeah, and that's wow. that's the final image. Them just having a fucking pop at the critics. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting how many major plot points in this movie are told with newspaper articles yeah, a lot. on screen. A lot. There's a lot of them. But that what what's really interesting is if you pause it and read the text underneath. This was done in a rush. Uh, it's completely unrelated to the headline. So what reads under the headline of yep. Tango and Cash? It's just nonsense stuff. It's but not even like nonsense words it's an article about something completely yep. different about like water prices in LA. I've, I've taken a photo and I'll post it on our Twitter great right that's it so shall we do the bits starting off with Dave what is your favourite scene um, my favourite scene which we've already touched on is the uh, conversation they have about the science behind getting electrocuted or not before making their escape um, and obviously then that zinger to Bridget Nilsson as well <laughs> Take that, Bridget. Uh, when I watched that, I, I actually paused it and went, OK, I'm going to need to take a couple of minutes out now. Um, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cup 2's not as good as the first one. <laughs> um, so I really, I enjoyed that. And I mean, I keep, this was my note from uh, Red Heat as well. And it says a lot about me, I suppose. But more prison. It's uh, I, I, I enjoyed the bits that were in the prison. I enjoyed meeting the cellmates. I wish mm. we'd seen more of them interacting with general population. I wish there'd been more of them kind of handling themselves other than just that scene where Handling turns- themselves in the shower? <laughs> you know me too well, Chris. Uh, yeah, but you know, kind of, I wanted to see them kind of queuing up for dinner and having mm. their tray knocked out of their hands and all those kind of staples of things that I enjoy in movies. And they're the reason you watch a Slice Stallone movie or a Kurt Russell movie. I would like to have seen them do a bit more of that. But what we do get from the prison scene and particularly the escaping thereof, I think was the, was the highlight for me of Tango and Cash as mm. an adult. Good shout. Yep. 
You the same? Uh, yeah, or both of mine are prisons. Well, I got three because, uh, you know. I'm amazed. In a movie. I'm amazed <laughs> the tango and cash has three great scenes. In a movie with this much excess, I thought I'd go full excess. Uh, so it's either the shot that uh, you mentioned, them walking into the prison, just because it looks like, it's like, it's like th- this movie is like a, a fantasy film. Like yeah. no prison has that much falling, Chaos. fiery litter onto people uh, who then don't go, Fuck me, this is a bit worse than I thought. Like, this is quite bad in they here. They really don't like, have a golf course. Yeah, like, do, 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 do. Where's our cell? Do, 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 do. What time's dinner? I'm hungry. It's fire, fire everyone. <laughs> uh, so it's that. It's the zipline escape uh, or Terry Hatcher's out of time drum solo. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. Um, if I could add another um, thing in, which maybe you, well, you three definitely would have spotted it, but I was quite pleased that I had. There's a scene in it where Cash goes and visits the sound recording expert guy and starts mm. shooting up all of his state-of-the-art equipment. The music that's playing underneath the score to the film is cuts off when he shoots the speaker. Ah, <laughs> so they use nice. that, yeah, Clever. which I thought was quite a nice Diegetic. Is Diegetic music, yeah, when the music's actually playing in the scene. Um, so that's just a little, a little nod nice. to what happened there. I like that. Vicky? Um, I do think there are rich pickings in this film for scenes that are really, truly excellent. So sexy electric drumming will stay with me for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also it is the zip wire, just because it's just so... It's pissing it down with rain. There are sparks everywhere, Ooh. including between your leads, et cetera, et cetera. But also the way that they jump actually is quite good and it looks quite terrifying and it looks like one of them might miss. Um, so it was actually thrilling in a film that is mostly pretty silly. Yeah. Good choice. Um, I'm sorry I'm going back to this, but I pissed myself when he did it again at the end when Kurt Russell uses his foot to shoot Jack Palance. That was the only time I laughed in the film because it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he sort of falls back and kicks up in the air and I, I still don't know how he pulls that trigger. Is it the big toe? This is penis. We went through it before. Do you remember? <laughs> Told you. Uh, most valuable whatever, he, Alex. He's thinking of Terry Hatcher's drum solo and <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So wait, are they rats or are they mice? Because I've been saying it for the whole movie and uh, I just really need to know. Rats, mice, Tango Cash. Jack Palance, he's fucking brilliant mm, in this. I he? honestly, I mean, I really wish the there'd been more of him and um, I, I I think the problem is that he's so likably balmy uh, by the end that like he's not he's not a great villain but he is a lovely character this this is an old guy who's clearly a bit mad <laughs> who who keeps mice that he absolutely loves and whenever he gets nervous or things have gone wrong, he goes but bring me my mice <laughs> and uh, then someone gives him his like comfort blanket which is a box of mice that he then holds <laughs> and fondles just puts his face in <laughs> <laughs> like, my beauties and so I think that's really cute we didn't mention it but there's a bit where they break into his office and they go over to his desk and he's left a note on his desk that says boom yes <laughs> because of because of his self destruct mechanism but it, it's in coloured crayon which means he keeps crayons in his desk in his secret villain lair for when he needs to write a note to the good guys he goes bring me my crayons <laughs> And then he gets his crayons out, writes boom. So I just think he's... Oh, what's this? It's your fountain pen, sir. No, go back and get me a... I said my crayons. They're with my mice rats. It's as easy as colouring it. <laughs> so he's kind of like this dodder 
angry uncle who's a bit like, this company's going to shit. Quick and easy. Make me a cake. Um, so, yeah, Jack Palance for all those reasons. Vicky? Um, sorry, I'm laughing so much. Kurt Russell. Um, Dave, you said it before. God damn it, that man is disarmingly charming <laughs> and natural and easygoing. It's a miracle. He just makes everything just look... I mean, it, he's very easy breezy. But I do think without him being like this, it may actually be borderline unwatchable. <laughs> because this is funny from a distance. When you're watching it at the time, you're like, Jack Palance, are you serious? Like, why are you circling the crime scene in a limo yourself? None of it makes any sense. And then the slice the look, like, just there's so many character notes that are missed about, you know, he should be uptight. He should be by the book. He should be all these things. He doesn't want to get his clothes dirty. Like, all this is right in front of you. And there's none of it. And Kurt Russell's just got big hair, gun in his shoes. Brilliant. Well, my, my choice is Kurt Russell's hair. So, <laughs> Dave? I will pass you my notes. Three words for you. Kurt Russell hair. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. The two votes for the main. Um, and if you could change anything, what would you change? Vicky? So this is a bit of an easy shot, but obviously... There needs to be more about Tango and Cash that are opposites. It needs to be lethal weapon, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Because Tango is a smart glasses-wearing guy because he's smart, and Kurt Russell isn't, doesn't wear glasses. So, <laughs> so he's stupid. So he's stupid as telegraphed by the music. So it should be Tango yeah. is by the book, gets results. Cash is not by the book, off the books, gets results. Ooh. They learn from each other yes. because it's Lethal Weapon. That's it. Well, that's kind of the same as mine because we've done Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys on this podcast, all of which are written by the same man. Get Shane Black in. That's a brilliant Get him to idea. do a rewrite. You, you brought enough people on board. Yeah. He knows Get how to do this. Get the one you need to do it. Uh, Alex. I think it should end like it begins. And I think Slice Stallone, <laughs> as the credits start, should say... Okay, we did this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's just like he opens it. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, okay. That was that. <laughs> Enjoy it. Let me know. That's good, Dave. Um, just in the interest of variety from me, um, <laughs> the thing I would change is the really weird, creepy high five over dating Sly's sister that they do at mm. the end. <laughs> She's laying in the middle. They've just escaped all the fire and fury of Jack Palance's mouse palace. <laughs> and uh, they're talking about like dating and they just give each other a high five over her. That's true. She's like, hey, what about you a guys? freeway? <laughs> what is wrong with her voice? That thing you said earlier when she's like, you're being chased by a homicide or something and you're worried about my dancing? <laughs> like, what's going on? I'm worried about your fucking drumming. That's yeah. an issue. You cannot drum. You need to take that out of your act and take your fucking bra off. You're a great dancer. More boobs, less drumming. Uh, up next, after Terry Hatcher, it's uh, Robin Wright from Forrest Gump playing Blowing in the Wind, naked on an acoustic guitar. Phil it's that Collins kind of club. Is, Phil Collins is coming out to do In the Air tonight, just the solo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, Sliced Alone, like, finds so many different ways to tell her she's shit uh, without telling her he's like... I could buy you some stocks. Uh, I, I actually know that industry. I could get you some stocks. You wouldn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. It's like, it's like what, 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 do you, what do you mean? Nothing. It's great. It's great. The drum, <laughs> fucking drumming bit is so sick. I, I just come for that bit. Not in a sexy way. No. Because it's not. <laughs> right then. Is that everyone? That is everyone. Uh, the only other thing I'll add is that Stallone is keen to do a sequel. He said in 2019. I'd love that. Doesn't he, he have 16 sequels on the go at the he, moment? He, he's, he put it to Kurt Russell 
And Kurt Russell says he's not sure because he likes how in this film they're in their prime. And he says, now we're in our unprime. So, right. I mean, they could, again, I think Kurt Russell could 100% pull it off, prime or otherwise. His words, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Right then, that's that. Let's do the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Which movie is getting your vote this week, Victoria and... Why? So, um, right, Red Heat, if it had worked, would be the better film because the concept is a lot clearer and a lot stronger. And there's a lot of potential there and the casting is good. But the tone is very wonky, so it doesn't work. Tango and Cash should not have worked because there's 45 directors. No one speaks in any way that's realistic or makes much sense. Um, but mostly through the effort of Kurt Russell, it absolutely works. And it, like I said before, it's good viewed from a distance. When I was watching, I was like, this is mental. And then after about 10 minutes, I was like, that was fucking amazing. And I would watch it again right now. <laughs> Tango and Cash. Uh, okay, I'm going to come to you, Dave, because I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Well, whilst I will be eternally grateful for the recommendation of Red Heat. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. um, the first, the, the, the scene in Russia, which we touched on earlier in the week on the other edition of this podcast, is, I, I thought was really good and really well put together. But um, Tango and Cash um, wins out for me, even though if I look at other films from that period, like Tim Burton's Batman, which obviously Jack Palance is also in, mm. and Last Crusade and Back to the Future 2 and Total Recall, these were all films I really loved at that period in my life. Mm. And all of those films I've just mentioned, I still love to this day and will probably go and watch one of them when we're done here. <laughs> Whereas I think even though it is the better of the two films, purely because of Kurt Russell, um, Tango and Cash is probably going to not be watched again for a while. Mm. So you're picking Tango and Cash? I'm picking Tango and Cash. Okay, so Tango and Cash gets to Chris Tilly. It's like asking me to pick a favourite turd. <laughs> um, yeah, Red Heat. Red Heat's not great. Rush Hour did Red Heat much better 10 years later. Very similar. That's true. Yeah, Very yeah. similar. That's a good point. Um, yeah. We got a suggestion in on Twitter, for, and I haven't seen it. I wonder if you've seen it. Oh, my God. Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. Um, oh, what is it? Oh, Show Down Little Tokyo. Show Down Little Tokyo. Little Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Krista Kirsten sent that in. Have you seen it? I want to yeah. watch it. Is mm-hmm. it? No. Uh, uh, Tango and Cash feels like it's been made by aliens <clears throat> who watched a bunch of buddy cop movies but failed to understand the ingredients needed to make them work like chemistry, good jokes, and having the heroes and villain in the same frame at some point <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> um, so I'm shocked I'm saying this, but that ineptitude means I'm actually voting for Red Heat. Wow! Whoa. What? Yeah, I, I, I really... <laughs> really think Tango and Cash is bad and I don't think Kurt Russell saves it but that is just okay that's just an opinion man no wow okay. absolutely uh, right then it can either go to a split vote uh, if it goes to a split vote our guest uh, it'll, our guest will carry it that's only because I wasn't here last time uh, we had a guest on and you made up that rule but um, it's always been the rule well is it I mean, let's let me do my verdict because we might not be that. Why we have, have we're having an argument? I know, I know what you're going. For. We're having an argument about the possibility. Tango and Cash has everything I want from a buddy cop movie, uh, in theory, because it's got wisecracks, <laughs> uh, it's got the obligatory scene in an exotic dance bar, it's got vehicular mayhem and loads of henchmen to kill without consequence. And yeah, and you touched on this. It feels so entirely superficial 
that there is no jeopardy throughout it. You do not watch it and go, I wonder what's going to happen. Whereas Red Heat is actually a movie in that respect. It feels gritty and real. Uh, it, the start is just the best thing out of either movie this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the mm-hmm. bathhouse fight, the false like cocaine. Um, but it does drop off a cliff the minute it gets to Chicago. Then again, Arnie is brilliant in that movie as a character, the best character from any of these films, just because of the whole fucking parakeet scene. You think a parakeet is feminine? So ultimately, I'm going with the one that I could watch again. And that is Tango and Cash. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Yeah. Try, you tried to make it sound I like it was I did try. I did try to. Always knew you'd go for Tango There was more jeopardy in my verdict than the entire Tango and Cash, but it, like, <laughs> I couldn't watch Red Heat again, and I am going to have a beer and watch Tango and Cash again, yeah. undoubtedly. I wasn't even drunk. If I watched that and I was drunk, I'd be like, this is the greatest movie ever. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right then our winner this week then is tango and cash um right let's look ahead to next week chris you gave us a clue on tuesday remind us what that was if you can make it through the night there you can make it anywhere oh vicky didn't laugh this time because you told her off last time (laughs) uh right then so what movies are we doing so vicky i am giving you the warriors thank you oh and alex i'm giving you Escape from New York. Oh my God! Oh. Who's the lead in that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we, the Warriors. we, we do nice. try. We do try and not sort of have a Kurt Russell film straight after Kurt Russell film. But we've we've switched things around the last couple of weeks. Kurt so. Russell must be close. The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, the Tango and Cash. He'll be on four. Is that all the ones we've done? I'm sure there's another Kurt Russell movie. Oh, Hateful Eight. Bloody hell! Kurt Russell's doing well in his uh, scorecard on this Ooh. show. Right then, so that is the Warriors versus Escape from. New York. That's next week. That is your homework. Thank you very much for listening. A massive thank you to our guest, Dave Berry. You can catch him on Absolute Radio every morning on The Breakfast Show and check out Dave Berry's dad pod available wherever you get your pods. Dave, have you had fun? I've had an amazing time and I have had an education. So thank you, all three of you, and thank you to everyone for listening. Hey, thank you for being here. And also, if you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods to us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. Back on Monday talking The Warriors. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Uh, right, does anyone need uh, uh, to go to the bathroom or anything or shall we smash straight into Tango and Cash? I'm easy, whatever you want. I'm, I'm good to Tango. Okay, let's do it. Right, great. Well, it takes four to Tango though. Everyone are good? It takes four to Tango? I was trying to make a joke. It didn't work. Get on with oh, it. wait, yeah, because there's four of us in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave this in, Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.